0: Welcome to the Week 15 What We Saw podcast. I'm Eric Smith, and tonight I am joined by both Ryan Heath and Drew DeLuca to recap uh, the most exciting action of the day, and you know, I almost wanted to say another crazy week in the NFL, but I mean, this is just what the NFL is at this point. So we should probably just stop joking about it. Uh, we had more memes, like just things that are going to live across the internet for years to come. Here, so uh, pretty crazy day. Um, I was at a three-year-old's birthday party for the early slate, so that's why I got Ryan and Drew here to catch me up on uh, some some stuff I missed while I was chasing around a three-year-old. So happy birthday, Millie, uh, my niece. But um, yeah, Ryan, welcome to the show. Uh, you're you're fighting in some leagues here, so. We We've got some fantasy hope, even if your your team's letting you down a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, I did have a
0: really, like, um like just unbelievably good
1: week in fantasy football. Like, I'm probably advancing to the semis in the Scott Fish Bowl. I've won basically all my first round playoff matchups. So I kind of knew that things were going a little too well for me. And th- then I sat down to watch the Patriots game today. Um, and look, the, the only two plays that mattered in this game were as (laughs) at the end or getting close to the end, Keelan Cole ties the game on a questionable touchdown call. I thought his foot was out of bounds. The broadcast kind of did too, but it ultimately wasn't overturned. Okay, fine. Like kind of rough call, but not super egregious. Big swing, obviously ties the game. So now the Patriots have about 30 seconds to get into field goal range to win it. Uh, It comes down to a Hail Mary situation. There's a few seconds left on the clock, only time for one play. Uh, So the Matt Patricia brain trust decides to hand the ball off uh, to Ramondre Stevenson. Credit to Ramondre made it interesting, broke a few tackles, got got quite a ways up the field. Uh, ultimately kind of gets trapped, turns around, does like a fairly safe lateral behind him to Jacoby Myers. It's like, all right, maybe this is still interesting. Maybe it's still alive. Myers jumps in the air and absolutely airmails it like 15 yards back in the direction of Mac Jones, who like, first of all, is is Mac Jones really going to come down with this and house it? Like, come on. Uh, But of course, Chandler Jones is right there. Uh, jumps up, grabs it. Mac Jones tries to tackle Ch- Chandler Jones. Um, he just put put him to bed with like a stiff arm. It, extremely embarrassing. And we get to watch Chandler Jones run it back for the game winning touchdown as time expired. Um, I, you can see all of my thoughts on this coaching staff by tuning into Discord <laughs> or Twitter right now. Uh, let's just say that I I think we should be cleaning some house right now.
0: Well, I'm glad you still joined us for this podcast. A couple thoughts for me. One, it's wild that it's Jacoby Myers. He seems like he's probably a smarter player, like a veteran who should know better. And it's wild that it's him. Uh, Chandler Jones in the all black uniform on the black logo for the Raiders. I think maybe he was just in camouflage and they just could not see him on the the lateral. That's all I can explain this lateral from Myers. So uh, crazy stuff. I've never seen anything like this, Drew. I I know we've been watching football a long time. Um, Is this a first for you as well?
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, the the ending, the iconic ending that it takes me back to is 2010 Giants versus Eagles, where uh, Tom Coughlin told Matt Dodge, whatever you do, don't kick the ball to Deshaun Jackson kick it out of bounds and then of course he kicks it to Sean Jackson who yeah. drops the ball picks it up and then runs it back for a touchdown game over Eagles win uh this is, that was a game that the Eagles were losing I, I believe by three or four touchdowns uh in the fourth quarter with about seven and a half minutes left so uh, it takes me back to that game I have that's the most miraculous ending I've seen to a game good bad and different in at least 12 years
1: Drew, I don't know if you saw me tense up a little bit when you said the word Giants. I think that's kind of a trigger for me now because I thought you were about to bring up a certain couple of Super Bowls. But yeah, Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know if you were trying to kick me while I was down there.
2: No, no. If I was going to bring up any Super Bowl, I'd have been in one with uh, Nick Foles catching the ball that to Tom Brady could not. Oh, that, yeah, thanks. But I not <laughs>
0: Well, I'll get the uh, my Bengals perspective here reminds me of the uh, long touchdown they gave up to Brandon Stokely on a tipped pass to end the game. It was like a 75 yard touchdown when it was over. So we've all had our sh- our fair share of uh, defeats. So hang in there, Ryan. Uh, you are yeah. looking set to advance in the Scott Fishbowl, though. So it's not all bad. Like you might have a Scott Fishbowl team moving on here.
1: Yeah, my, my <laughs> fake fantasy football teams are
0: doing great. My real football teams are
1: yeah, need to get, get with the program right now.
0: All right. And then, Drew, uh, you're still alive in the Warrior Bowl, looking good in the Baby Bowl. So lots of lots of good stuff here from our fantasy team. So how are you doing? It uh, sounds like you had a little less exciting Eagles game here.
2: Oh, yeah. The uh, Eagles game was uh, it was uh, it was tough to watch. So Jalen Hurts, has, we've been really spoiled with his play all year. He's the top rated passer, I think, going into this game. I think at 20 picks to three interceptions coming in through two picks uh, with what seemed like about three strokes of the clock before. Uh, before we knew it, we, he was five of eleven with two interceptions, and I'm, this was not the Jalen Hurts that uh, we've been watching all year. Thankfully, he turned it around the second half, uh, put the cape on as he's been doing all year, and led the Eagles back to victory. But uh, it was definitely tough touch and go there for a while. Um, and but uh, Eagles, Eagles fans are happy that it, it turned out the way that it did. We were worried about a trap game with the Cowboys on deck, and that's almost what we got there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we will be covering Miami versus Buffalo, Philadelphia versus Chicago, and Cincinnati versus Tampa Bay. But of course, uh, we're covering everything on what we saw on the website. So please check out the article for every single game recapped. I'll be writing up the Bengals Tampa Bay game. So, um, yeah, we're going to start this out on Saturday night. Ryan, you covered the Dolphins and the Bills and. I you know I really just down the stretch of that game it, it hit me that like these are the games that we we watch football for like it was just the snows coming down it's a divisional game and I, I would say to everyone out there who um can't enjoy these games because of their fantasy teams or their uh, their bets uh, maybe just take a break and enjoy a nice snow game on Saturday night because it was pretty awesome yeah I I by the way I think the cure to that is just
1: draft a ton of best ball teams you can just tell yourself that you have exposure to every player in the NFL if yeah. you draft a ton of them so yeah I. I was not thinking about my fantasy teams for even a second during that game. And it was, it was great. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I was a little scared at first because I turned the game on and I'm like, there's no snow on the ground. What's happening here? Like I, I was promised snow, but it, it did show up in the fourth quarter and it, it was awesome. Uh, I will say I was a little annoyed as soon as the snow starts coming down. Uh, the broadcast starts saying, okay, now now both of these teams need to start establishing the run with, with in the fourth quarter. It's, it's like the, these are the two most explosive passing offenses in the league, and we're stumping for them to slow the game down. Seriously, like we, we get to watch Tyree kill, catch a pass, and then slide for another 10 yards. Like It, it was great. I can't, I can't imagine being in, a, in the booth and just rooting for games to be less fun. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, like the big storyline that I, I think we should talk a little bit about is all, all the snowballs that the Bills fans were throwing throughout the game. So it it kind of started with the Bills' first touchdown. I, I was like, oh, this is – so they just throw them all at the end zone after they score. I'm like, oh, that's like a cool celebration. I kind of like that. Uh, and then the Dolphins get in the red zone and their players are getting pelted while the ball's in play. So that that was a little less funny, I thought. And it became super not funny when they had to delay the game because the sidelines were just constantly getting pelted. Uh, And so, of course, I go to Twitter and say that the Bills fan base is the worst in the NFL, and everybody disagreed with me and told me it was actually the Eagles. So I don't don't know if you want to speak for your people, Drew, but this is what I've been told. It's cute when Buffalo fans do it, but when, you know, if it's in Philadelphia, we'd
2: still be hearing about it. I mean, something happened with Santa Claus in 1968, uh, long before I was born, and I'm still hearing about it. I, was, you know, I wasn't even alive, you know. So, <laughs> you know, but the moon landing happened after this, and here we are still hearing about it. But, uh, but yeah, when Buffalo fans do it, it's, do it, it's cute. So here we go. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, what did we miss in this game, Ryan? I, I like just fantasy perspective. What do you want to start on here? Do you want to start on the Miami side here and maybe like some of this rushing game or do we just want to stick with these high powered passing offenses? I mean, it is worth talking about the running game for Miami
1: because Raheem Mostert came and reminded us he was really good at football, like 17 carries, 136 yards, Two targets in the passing game, caught one for 20 yards, 76% of the snaps. He just looked explosive the entire game. He was just kind of constantly threatening to break off big plays. Even from their first drive, it, it started with a nice chunk gain from him. It just through every drive in the game. Uh, my guess is that there was some more room opened up by the Bills dropping their safeties back so much. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. So I credit to McDaniel for calling the game like that and uh, play, playing to the matchups and what the defense was giving him. But yeah, there there were so many good highlights from Moster. Like even just like the little things, like converting fourth and ones up the middle. Like which I'm always scared whenever there's a fourth and one and they just just decide to run up the middle from the shotgun. It's like come on, but it. I mean, it ultimately did work out. Uh, the only other relevant Dolphins running back was Savon Ahmed. Uh, he also was looking fairly explosive, so just the Dolphins running game in general was pretty good. Uh, he did enter the game in the red zone at one point and did vulture a touchdown, which was kind of rough. But it ultimately, it's hard to complain about Mostert here. Um, e- even like the fullback Alec Ingold was getting involved a little bit. They were like drawing up plays for him in the passing game, but Mostert still ran double the routes of Ingold. So I, I would just say that if Jeff Wilson's out again next week, then Mostert is a, like a borderline top 12 running back type of play from what, just from what I just saw. Like I, I was really impressed. It's hard to overstate.
0: Yeah. We kind of thought this was coming from this. Dolphins rushing game like if you're going to have those explosive receivers at some point you're going to just be able to run the ball up the middle and gain yardage so yeah definitely good to see it here um in the fantasy playoffs uh interesting that Salvan Ahmed is above I guess Miles Gaskin now so uh if you're looking for uh, you wouldn't be handcuffing him but maybe some deep dynasty leagues so uh interesting to see him playing I've got him stashed on several dynasty teams he'll never start for me but he's there so um what do you think um the rest of this passing game like I don't know just they've got a couple explosive players and They made it happen for the most part. I did. Do you really think the snow slowed them down or was it just more of a, uh, bills kind of learned their offense in the second half?
1: Yeah. I don't think the snow slowed them down at all. Really? Like they they were kind of just continuing to ratchet up the same type of stuff, even when the snow was coming down, uh, Tredavious White was kind of bottling up Tyree Kill for most of the night. He was having like a quieter type of night until he did just run right by him in the third quarter for a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day. Uh, ultimately finished with nine catches on thirteen targets for sixty-nine yards and the touchdown. Uh, that that play did only happen because of a roughing the punter penalty that saved, saved that Dolphins drive. Uh, but hey, we we still take those in fantasy football. Waddle, for his part, uh, most of his production was on one 67 yard touchdown where he just kind of got loose behind the safeties and took it to the house. But I mean, Jalen Waddle will do that to you. That's why you are playing him in fantasy. So ultimately, his line was three of seven for 114 and the touchdown. And yeah, like mo- most of the production was on that one play. Waddle did mysteriously just go to the locker room at one point at the end of the third quarter. I'm honestly not even sure that he made it back out onto the field, but there were, there was no reporting whatsoever on it. Like even on the broadcast, they were like, "Oh, Jalen Waddle's like not on the field right now," and it was just kind kind of glossed over with all the excitement that continued through that game. Uh, but yeah, that that might be something to monitor. I, I don't know if we're gonna get an update on that at any point, but. Yeah, I, other than those two, like no, nobody else in this passing game matters. Like yeah. eleven routes for Mike Gesicki, Trent Sherfield is not a thing. Like that. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say.
0: Do we want to have the the Tua conversation? Like uh, for fantasy, I don't know if it really matters. Like he's in a good offense; they're explosive. You know who cares? So I keep playing them. Like, do we? What do you think about Tua? Like, do we want to go down this road? <laughs> Oh man. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, for fantasy, it doesn't matter. You're correct. Like this, this is the offense and the situation that he's in for dynasty. I don't hate selling him that like with these quarterbacks where they are mostly pocket passers that they, they are extremely dependent on two things, really weapons and scheme Tua has just about the best weapons and scheme a quarterback could ask for right now. That In Dynasty, that can change. So the, if he's being valued as like a top seven, top eight Dynasty quarterback in fantasy right now, yeah, you should probably sell him if you don't need the fantasy points he's getting you right now if you're not a contender or whatever. But yeah, I, I'm not like, I, I don't want to spend a bunch of time dumping on a <laughs> like really. Yeah. Really
0: yeah i i don't know if you have any strong takes uh, drew i i just there are times where i think tua's throwing motion looks funny just cuz he's left-handed and then there're also some throws that just don't seem like they have a whole lot on them and I, he's got a good enough arm but it's like there are certainly plays where i would think that tua is in that second or third tier quarterback i, I it's a really nice offense it's really fun but i just don't see it sometimes with tua
2: yeah, I mean, I th- he's a guy that we've just kind of waiting to see him, see him get healthy to see what he can do. For I mean, his first year, the yeah. li- he was coming off of a major injury that we weren't even sure he was going to really ever be a thing in the NFL. That hip injury was pretty significant, uh, so I think he kinda, you kind of you kind of punt that first year and kind of look more at the second year as as uh, as what he can do when healthy and I guess and his third year now he's when he has waddle and tua and things like that so um, I, I mean am he's 24 years old so he's yeah. he still has room to grow as a player uh, so i'm not really write him off completely i think he's not where we want him to be on an arc I think we're used to we're kind of spoiled by watching the Patrick Mahomeses of the world uh and now look at Jalen Hurts is the youngest quarterback to ever go 13 and one and he's pretty young too and we're spoiled watching these guys these young guys kind of come up out of nowhere in their second years and just really blossom and sometimes it takes two or three years so um I kind of want to see him finish the year before uh before I write him off one way or the other, so I, I, he's, it's definitely a conversation I think that's worth having right now for sure. Um, because it looked earlier in the year like he was he was the real deal, and he and then uh, he, this has just been a pretty rough stretch lately for him
0: yeah and i'm definitely grading on a curve here with two i mean i'm comparing him to the top quarterback so when you see his epa up there and like the top two of the league like that's kind of what we're looking at here so obviously he can run an nfl offense for a long time and he's a good quarterback so i i probably shouldn't sound too harsh on him so all right um ryan uh if you're ready let's move over to the bills offense and what you saw there
1: yeah sure uh let's start with the backfield for the bills as well uh so that I would say this was a step back for the James Cook truthers. Uh Devin Singletary basically just played the first two drives entirely. Uh ultimately his line was 13 carries for 42 yards and three caught 3 of 4 targets for 28. Uh it it just kind of seems like Singletary settled much back into this like number one role whereas we we were questioning for a couple weeks there if this was Closer to a 50-50 split, but the, yeah, the usage is just is just leaning much more toward Singletary. I, I didn't think he was necessarily doing much to justify it. Like he, I, until through the first three quarters, he had like six yards or something on the ground. Like it just wasn't overly impressive from him. Uh, I, the moment I do want to talk about is at the end of the game, uh, he went down on purpose at the four yard line, uh, which made the dolphins burn their last time out. Uh, but, and look, if you want to do that after you've gotten the first down, I think that's okay. Cause like, sure. Then you have another, another shot at the end zone if you want. Uh, but him doing that made it third and one, uh, with, with very little time left on the clock. Uh, and I, I was kind of like, what is what is Singletary doing? Turned out the Bills were playing for the field goal in a literal blizzard. Uh, <laughs> even even though it's a chip shot field goal from the four, it's like, why why would you do that? Like I yeah. I feel like I would much rather score with thirty seconds left and see if Tua can beat me in a blizzard with, with only one time out than have, and not just not just getting field goal range. He would have to score a touchdown. Like that, I would just much rather take the points there personally, but Tyler Bass ultimately made the game winning field goal. So it, like we could be having a very different conversation about this right now, but it, the points ultimately kind of moved. Uh yeah. looking elsewhere in the backfield, getting off that tangent. Now uh, just five carries for James cook, 34 yards had, had a couple where he looked pretty explosive. Uh, I I've just, that's just kind of been my take on cook for the last few weeks. So like I, I think he looks better than Singletary. Uh, What I do want to talk about is his really weird usage in the red zone. So it was mostly Singletary and Cook just getting their own drives, not really rotating on and off very much. But there were a couple times where on a Cook drive, they get into, into the red zone and Singletary would enter the game they pick up a first down with him then like cook would come back in and then he came comes off and Naheem Hines enters the game he had Hines had only three routes the, and no carries the entire game but on that play it was just an easy swing pass and Hines ends up scoring so that like any, anyone that was trying to like galaxy brain James Cook this week that that was a rough moment but yeah. late later on in the game uh cook stays in in the red zone but it's an empty back set they split him out wide and throw to him in the end zone uh doesn't catch it but then he lines up in the slot and catches it so it's it's like all right like we're, we're just having James Cook play receiver now in the red zone like that that yeah. that'll work I guess so it was, it, was, it was a pretty cool makeup score so ha- happy about that I'd say but yeah I I just it's hard for me to say anything about this backfield other than that Singletary is like a shaky flex at this point. Just there aren't really defined roles. I have no way of saying what they're going to do in the red zone. If we, if we knew one guy was favored there, it'd be great, but a lot of just shenanigans kind of. So yeah, hard, hard to like come out with a strong take here.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
2: they're just vulturing each other. You're exactly right. They're all capping each other's value there.
0: Yeah, and it's not a you know traditionally high-powered rushing game anyway if you take out Josh Allen. So, yeah, I'd agree. They're probably flex options at best. So, this feels a little bit like the receiving core too, right, Ryan? Like shenanigans here. Like it's kind of you expect more from some of these guys, and I don't know if it's just the, the Bills spreading it around or if it was the weather or good defense, but relatively underwhelming stat lines for the Bills pass catchers.
1: Yeah, so the first touchdown of the game was to Bills rookie tight end Quentin Morris, who I genuinely thought was a lineman for a minute when it when it happened. I was like, "Oh, it's a big guy touchdown," but no, he was he was actually a tight end running a route. Uh, But yeah, obviously, that's not any of the Quentin Morris is not the guy we started in fantasy. Uh, The I mean the guy that. I think pops out most in the box score is Dawson Knox. So he caught six of his eight targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he he was involved throughout the game on the second drive. He had like a nice 45 yard gain down the sideline. Uh, but the, with Dawson Knox as always, and you wouldn't know this just from the box score there, there's always going to be low lights with Dawson Knox uh, a really, really Bad drop while completely uncovered in the two-minute drill before the half. Uh, Another horrible drop on the sideline later in the drive. And later in the game, uh, another pretty bad drop in the end zone. That one didn't show up in the box score because it got wiped away by a holding penalty. Uh, But, like, come on, it... I don't know. It it was fru- it was frustrating watching Knox. E- even though like he put up a good fantasy night, it, it's like it, it could have been much bigger and much cleaner. Uh, and I mean other than that just kind of not a whole lot of production in this passing game or it was really spread out. So six targets for Gabe Davis, catches four of them for 56. He ki- kind of was just disappearing for most of the game until the snow started coming down i, I don't know if that's like his his calling card is if, if, once once the snow comes down that's when G- gabe davis is the guy you need best ball or something yeah. uh but like he drew a pretty important dpi in the end zone at one point but j- just not a whole lot to talk about with him uh cole beasley is on this team now uh he did did make a sideline catch at one point and then immediately came out Um, I I don't know if he is a threat to Isaiah McKenzie's role, if if there even is an Isaiah McKenzie role at this point. So McKenzie had just five targets, caught two of them for 24. Uh, He did make a nice diving catch on the sideline uh, that didn't count, but I kind of wanted it to just because it looked cool. That's (laughs) my... I'm just a vibes-based football referee. If it looks good, I like it. He he also drew an important DPI. A lot of DPI in this game, if you if you haven't noticed. Uh, and and then Diggs. I mean, he he was kind of doing his normal stuff. Like he had a few of his plays where he just gets open over the middle and runs past a bunch of linebackers and safeties. Uh, he did have a big chance to score late in the game that would have completely made his fantasy day. Xavier Howard just kind of fell over, but Allen just overthrew, overthrew Diggs. So that was pretty rough, but it, it there was another one that kind of hit off his hands and his helmet that would have been a score. So could have been a much bigger day in the box score for Diggs. I, I'm not like worried about him if like, if, in fantasy you're obviously still starting him going forward so yeah what wouldn't be i i wouldn't like blame it on the weather i would just kind of blame it on circumstance There were a couple plays that could have gone the other way that would have made for a much bigger night
0: okay and anything we missed in this game i mean josh allen's good um i, I don't know anything else you want to add um Yeah, I
1: like, Allen had a a pretty good performance. Once again, uh, the Bills were having a lot of offensive line issues. Their center, Mitch Morse, left with a concussion at one point, so they were kind of shuffling guys around, like, between center and right guard. There was even one point where there were three offensive line holding penalties in a row that I thought was kind of funny, and Allen is still, like, kind of running around for his life. Uh, there, there was one strip sack in the fourth quarter that was like a pretty scary moment for the Bills, but yeah, I, I mean, Al- Allen was mostly doing his thing. He, he did do a Pat Mahomes impression on a two point conversion that was kind of fun. It was like the exact same type of play he attempted, uh, and it had to be reviewed to be ruled to score. But yeah, it just normal Josh Allen things.
0: Yeah, i was kind of surprised they overruled that two-point conversion. I I don't know. They say let the play stand on some of these that are too close, and then they overrule plays like that. I don't know what the refs are doing on these calls. But, yeah, that was a fun game. So I'm glad we all got to enjoy that one on a Saturday night. Um, I could get used to Saturday football games, NFL games anyway. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good recap of that one. Drew, unless you have any comments to uh, kind of close out that segment there, um, you can go ahead and get on to your game.
2: Yeah, that, 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 we did a pretty good job, I think, covering that one. So Chicago hosted the Eagles earlier today, and um, it was an interesting game at the start. Um, kind of frustrating for an Eagles fan. They're, you're a fan of a 12 and one team coming in uh, against a three and 10 team that you're expecting to ro- to kind of steamroll. It kind of got the really got the the uh, the trap game vibes going early there with the Eagles down six to three. We'll talk a little bit about how how we got there. So opening drive the. Bears had two false start penalties. First down, Equino- Equ- Equiminius St. Brown uh, left the game immediately with a concussion. Uh, so he, never, he didn't come back. And this is a Bears team that was already missing Chase Claypool, who by default is their best receiver. Uh, so, uh, you know, that at that point, you know, you're thinking, OK, well, this is just going to go from bad to ugly. Um, but that's not exactly what happened. But uh, to the Bears' credit, they also lost uh, Tevin Jenkins, their starting right guard on the very next play, who's been a bright spot on that offensive line. Uh, he left on a cart with a neck injury. We wish him well. Um, so uh, we were definitely worried about um, him and the Bears uh, after losing two two players, two starters early in the first drive. Uh, and then uh, Mon- David Montgomery showed up. So he converted a third and short with a jump cup left to center. Uh, The Bears went right back to him. It was pretty clear. They wanted to kind of grind clock and keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, uh, which is always a sound approach. Uh, He found uh, Cole Komet for a nice game, uh, uh, Fields did, uh, just short of the first down after getting some pressure from Josh Sweat. And then uh, Josh Sweat actually ended up taking him down twice in this game later on. Uh, So Fields, uh, indeed, he was pretty mobile in this game. He he made some plays with his legs, as we expect him to do. Um, You know, that's kind of what's, for fantasy, is what's, Making him a top five option, uh, and we saw that in display. He was really, he was really actually out dueling Hertz in the first half there, uh, with both his arm and his legs. So uh, Bears ended up getting nothing out of that first drive. Eagles took over, throwing thirty two. Um, Bears were really keying in on that RPO and Hertz especially on it early. Um, he wasn't doing much, and then third and three, uh, Hertz completed a twenty yard tiptoe catch down the sideline to Devontae Smith. Uh, and then before you know it, next play I believe it was uh, Kyler Gordon, the rookie defensive back, uh, picked off Hertz there, and kind of a and not a wise decision by Hertz to try to force it into AJ Brown on that particular play. But Kyler Gordon um, kind of had started the season a little uh, not, not too great for the he had a little rough start for the Bears, but he's definitely come on of late. Played really well in this game for uh, the second round pick there out of. Uh, um, watch them and then uh, fields of course runs for a first down after that eagles get uh got away with a personal foul there on that uh, next drive there he has kind of a blow to the head on fields that wasn't called uh kind of because he was sliding down hurts uh sue makes contact with the head probably should have been called third and 10 there um later on Josh sweat with another sack um he is eight and a half on the season i believe now so um he's i think if he he gets a another sack and a half and i think if um Brandon Graham gets another half sack. The Eagles will be the first team in NFL history to have four players with 10 or more sacks. So that they, they've really kind of, really just been a, a force uh, in the pass rush. They have to lead the team and lead the league in sacks right now. So Bears were moving the football, um, but uh, that defensive line came through again. Hargrave with one of his two sacks, um, and then uh, they eventually turned it over uh, on downs or punted actually. Eagles got the ball. Uh, again to Smitty, took up the field for 43 yards, Smitty being, of course, Devontae Smith. Uh, that At that point, was the second play from scrimmage in the second quarter, and that was only Jalen Hurts' second completion of the game. So really kind of speaks to how ugly that first quarter was. So A.J. Brown then took, takes a slant for a first down 17 yards. Uh, after a um, couple, couple of holding penalties, uh, the Eagles kind of got in their way a little bit there. Uh, A.J. Brown, third down, couldn't quite get to the marker. The Eagles kick a field goal, go 3 nothing. Field, uh, Jalen. Uh, excuse me, Justin Fields. Then, uh, did his thing there. He was seven of his first eight for sixty yards out of the gate. There, pocket collapses. He kept it, kept it alive. Scrambled down to his right side, found uh, David Montgomery in the flat for a nice chunk play, moving, the, moving the the sticks there. Next play, he was pulverized, unfortunately, by Hassan Reddick. Uh, uh, we we had, he had a huge game. A uh, fumble went in and out of the hands there of Fletcher Cox before Chicago recovered. That was frustrating to see as an Eagles fan. That, you know, Cox just all he had to do was fall on it. He tried to think, pick, kind of pick it up and make something happen. Uh, then next play, Fields eludes what looked like a sure sack by Reddick, uh, Runs around 40 yards, sets up a first and goal. Stepped out of bounds in the play. Originally looked like a touchdown. Um, Montgomery next play takes it in uh, from about, what was it about yard or so out a couple of yards out six to three bears because santos mixed the extra missed the extra point um uh, and then um finally with six minutes and 33 seconds left in the second quarter miles sanders got the football so <laughs> <laughs> fantasy we all, we were we were waiting for miles sanders to really just kind of break out bust out um and it was just frustrating what happened to miles sanders we need to put him on a milk carton where is this guy so finally shows up there um and uh he, I think he ended with 11 carries in the day, uh, most of them in the second half. So Hertz threw another pick I mentioned earlier in the outset there that uh, he hit through uh, two of them. Uh, he and Quez Watkins were not on the same page there. Uh, Barris got the ball in great field position. Uh, field scrambles for a first down. He was just taking over the game at this point, looking like vintage Lamar Jackson in his MVP season. Uh, but then there was an RPO exchange uh, with, uh, with uh, Treston Ebner who fumbled it. Uh, but they once again they recovered. The Bears actually fumbled the ball four times in this game, only lost one of them. Uh, second and 16, Reddick with the pressure almost sacks Fields. It gets them down on third down instead, uh, takes the Bears out of field goal range, and then brings up a fourth and 27. Bears have to punt. Um, so uh, that was a situation there where it looked like the Bears were going to end up with points. They did not. So finally, uh, Miles Sanders got a couple more carries right before the half. Um, Hurts for the six yard run, gain well five yards flag for legal contact downfield uh, uh the bears did gave the eagles a first down then hurts through the game well again this is another thing that was kind of surprising we hadn't we saw nothing from kenneth gainwell for day for weeks and all of a sudden here he is coming in in key situations on third downs and in the red zone as well so he was pretty much exclusively the third down back today for the eagles and the and in the goal line which is out of nowhere and very surprising and kind of puzzling. Why would you take uh, you know, a guy like Sanders out in the red zone and have this much slighter uh, back go in there <laughs> in, in, in those goal yeah. line situations? But that's what they were doing uh, throughout the game here. Uh, third and three later on, that same drive going back to it. Uh, another 37-yard bomb downfield to Devontae Smith. So Hertz mm-hmm. was Hertz's deep ball accuracy today was on point. So um, he kind of shook off the early struggles, found his receivers, both Smith and Brown downfield uh, multiple times for big chunk plays uh smith started i get that at this point i think he had caught three of his first four targets for 104 yards uh hurts went to well again uh and then kyler gordon stopped Hertz uh and uh forced him to uh, into a third and long um kelsey then sees a safety blitz coming in jason kelsey the eagle center uh slides his man kind of moves him over towards the, uh, uh right into the, the path of that safety. And then in the doing so created a massive hole on the left side, right between him, the himself and the left guard. Hurts takes it right up the gut for 22 yard touchdown, a beautiful offensive line play by the Eagles there. They take the lead 10 to six, um, and, and lock room with a four pound, four point lead, but that kind of felt like they were losing at that point. Cause they had just, uh, they, even though the scoreboard said they were winning, they just, they were outplayed the entire half by the bears. Um, but they definitely turned it around in the second half. Hertz with a one-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, made it 17-6. to uh, We mentioned Hargreave and, and uh and Redick and Sweat. both had, All three of them had two sacks. Um, so they continued to play well in the second half. Sanders with a catch and fumble. Uh, Bears run it back into the red zone at that point in time. So that was frustrating. Now you're starting to see Sanders incorporated, and then he turns the ball over. Uh, Monty had a six-yard run, and then the Eagles draw and kind of drew in to stop Fields from scrambling because that, that was kind of killing him the first half. Uh, just well-designed uh, play there. 10-yard touchdown pass to Montgomery. He made it 17 to 13. So the Bears uh, right back in it. Eagles for- force an Eagles into a three-and-out, uh, and then Fields get the ball, scrambles for a first down. He's threatening, looking like the Bears are going to take the lead back from the Eagles. Uh, and then on an end-around, uh, Velus Jones uh, gets the ball, fumbles it. Uh, this is the one that they did lose. It was uh, Hassan Redick forced it and recovered it, uh, and then 20-yard. Catch to uh, AJ Brown the very next play from Hertz, uh, and then uh, after a sack nine uh, nine yard catch to AJ Brown put him in the field goal range, but they went for it on fourth and six, didn't get it turnover on down, So the, here we go, Fields ready to work some more magic. Uh, threw a missed a wide open Cole Komet um, just was thrown behind him, and then he misfired to Pettis. So. Out of nowhere, uh, Fields just starts misfiring. It was the opposite. There was just kind of role reversal going on. So in the beginning, it was Hertz who was uh, who was inaccurate, and Fields was was uh, you know throwing the ball to a bunch of no names that were making plays. And then just second half was just a total role reversal. There, Fields is not able to really connect with anyone, and and Hertz really just kind of turned it on. Um, when uh, so eventually uh, Eagles get the ball back. Uh, perfect play call there after an AJ Brown on this uh, drop. Uh, Smith catches the first down on a screen, uh, catches the ball right at his own goal line and just takes it right up the right side. Just perfect uh, blocking setup there. Get the first down. Uh, Hertz landed on his shoulder at one point and uh, kind of was a little slow getting up. Everybody kind of held their breath. Uh, he Grimace stayed in the game and he made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, passes actually, one to Smith, one to Brown right in away, way. And both of them were on point with good velocity. So we knew he was okay. Um, long, super long drive. I think it was an 18 play drive at that point. Uh, and then set up a Jake Elliott field goal, which he missed. So here it is, seventeen thirteen, and we're still sweating. Uh, and they looked like the Bears were gonna, um, were gonna, um, you know, make some noise. And then Fields went down. So uh, he was uh, kind of hobbling off the field. Uh, looked like a soft tissue injury. We we're all holding our breath that it wasn't anything serious. Nathan Peterman came in. That's never good. You uh, can especially when he comes in on a third and fourteen. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, threw an incompletion and not an interception. And <laughs> Bears punted. Um, but the good news is that Fields would return to the game. It did not appear to be serious. Um, so the Eagles get the ball. Next possession, third to six. And he just, just throws a bomb downfield to A.J. Brown for 68 yards. Um, and then Hurts just kind of calls his own number there. His third rushing touchdown of the day. Uh, Eagles set up for the two-point conversion, get the Bears to jump. Uh, and then Hurts sneaks in for the two-point conversion as well for good measure. It takes a 25-13 leak. At this point, it felt like start buses, the busses. This is the Eagles coming back. Um, here it is. This is game, you know, but then the Bears get the football back. Cole commit first down somebody named Webster. I don't know who this guy is <laughs> to catch his two first downs uh, fields and scrambles, uh, finds a wide open Byron Pringle on a broken play. Um, no coverage around him whatsoever. Um, it's almost like just somebody just on the field ran with a jersey and nobody was there and just catches the touchdown. (laughs) And now all of a sudden now it's 25-20 and we're holding our breath yet again here in the fourth quarter. But the uh, Eagles were able to fall on the onside's kick. And then um, third and six, the Eagles were able to convert with a 13-yard pass to A.J. Brown, effectively icing the game and all of Philadelphia uh, side of the collective relief that this game was over. So um, not uh, if, uh, if it was looking, I, I wasn't even sure the Eagles were going to be able to pull this one out. Even though they went to the locker room with a 10-6 lead, um, they just did not play their best game of football. But uh, well, I guess one of the marks of a really good team is that you know they win games like this where you're not playing your best football and still you find a way to win. Um, unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys did not have that same experience today. They dropped one to the to the, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but to to, uh, to their credit, uh, Trevor Lawrence played. a Pretty darn good foot, uh, pretty darn good football game there, and the uh, the Jaguars uh, really gave them all they could handle today. But yeah, back to the Eagles, um, it was definitely a, a frustrating watch. Um, it was definitely a close game, um, but once again, here we are with Jalen Hurts. You know, looking probably his worst game of the season as a passer, even though he threw for three hundred yards, he had no touchdowns, two picks, and which just looked abysmal in the first half. But uh, the fact that he's able to make adjustments, turn it around, uh, you know, make. Strong, accurate throws down the field, especially you know those that deep ball accuracy just on point, putting it right right in the basket uh, of AJ Brown on what looked like a forty or fifty yard completion down the sideline. And this is after he hit her to shoulder. Um, he's just he's 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 got to be one of the front runners for MVP this year. I mean, he's yeah. he's just you know when he when he's not playing well, the Eagles looked awful. When he was playing well, they looked unstoppable. And that's just what an MVP is. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 181 yards for A.J. Brown, 126 for Devontae Smith. Like he definitely force fed the ball to them, 16 targets and eight targets. So we love (laughs) to see that from a fantasy perspective. Um, It's funny you were talking all that about Kenneth Gainwell, and I see – three carries for five yards in the box score, two receptions uh-huh. for nine yards. I was like, oh, this is just uh, Drew, an Eagles fan, picking up on a little change here. But mm-hmm. you look at the snap count, 40 snaps for Miles Sanders, 29 for Kenneth Gainwell. So, I mean, that's almost a near split, almost mm-hmm. the same amount of routes. Like, they just didn't give the ball to Kane- Gainwell very much when he was in there. But you're, you're right. right. That is a, a substantial development in this backfield.
2: Yeah, and he uh, Gainwell played all ten of the third down snaps, I believe. Um, looking at uh, the, the kind of the uh, after of the, the game numbers here, mm-hmm. and it looks like he he also handled all eight of the two minute drill uh, touches yeah. there as well, or or, uh, or routes and things. So it's just yeah, it's just it was definitely confusing there. Um, and we you just mentioned before about the utilization of Smith and Brown. Uh, it was was 315 passing yards on the day for Hertz, and I, I believe over 300 of them were to Brown, <laughs> Brown and and Smith combined. Just those two, and I think. I think Sanders lost 13 yards on his one reception, and I think that's kind of kind of brought the numbers down a little bit. But yeah, no no other receiver, uh, you know, cracked 10 yards receiving.
0: Yeah, and as feel as far as Justin Fields goes, I mean, sacked six times, also carried 15 times for 95 yards was. With the passing game struggles, is it just as easy as the line's bad and they don't have any weapons to throw the ball to? Like, is is it kind of hard to judge fields any further than that?
2: Well, I mean, his line's bad. His receivers are worse. Uh, you know, and I mean, he's also a young guy. So, I mean, he's doesn't have the, the luxury of what we talked about Tua earlier. He doesn't have the luxury of having, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but man, if you put those two guys with, with Justin Fields, that would be really something to watch. So, uh, I, I hope for the, for his sake, the bears are able to make some noise and, and get him some help there. Uh, but yeah, losing, um, uh, Losing Tevin Jenkins there is certainly not going to help him going forward. Uh, and it's also probably a little concerning for Montgomery as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you looked at the receiving the players that drew targets in this game after David Montgomery and Cole Komet, It's Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Nasimul Webster, Dante Pettis, Vales Jones Jr., who's a high draft pick who fumbled, and yep. Tristan Ebner, the backup running back. So yeah, that's a that's a brutal collection there. So okay, and then it looks like Darrington Evans was involved a little bit here, Drew, as the backup to David Montgomery. It's probably worth keeping an eye on. It, Khalil Herbert is. Probably coming back soon from IR, so he's always going to be interesting. But what's this uh, backfield look like behind David Montgomery?
2: I mean, yeah, Evans didn't play a whole lot. I think he played like 16 snaps uh, from what I'm seeing. But he ran 11 routes on those 16 snaps, so that's definitely a little bit eye-popping. So it's something to watch uh, until Herbert is able to come back uh, in PPR leagues, especially deeper ones. He could have some utility there.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, Evans ran 11 routes. Uh, Montgomery only ran 16. So he was used in the passing game here for sure. So, all right. Yeah, I think that is a good recap of this one. Glad uh, your Eagles got to pull that one out, even if it uh, made you sweat it a little bit towards (laughs) the end. So um, I'm going to get to the Bengals and Buccaneers game, which I watched and the Bengals won. Uh, 34 to 23. Uh, The score really does not reflect this game at all, though. Um, You would think this was a shootout, and I actually kind of think this was uh, more of a story of the defenses here. Personally, Um, just from a Bengals fan, like this Buccaneers defense, uh, they were good. Like their corners were playing physical. They were breaking up passes. They were glued to Jamar Chase. Like I was impressed with the corners, uh, specifically Carlton Davis. Uh, They did not have Vita Vea in this one. The Bucks did. You could not tell. The Bengals just couldn't run the ball. So. Uh, overall like this defense looks good in Tampa Bay the Bengals started out in a huge hole here um Tampa Bay was up 17 to nothing in the first half Bengals got a real quick uh, field goal drive before the half so 17 to 3 but uh Bengals dropped down 17 nothing and it was because the Bucks were using uh formations and motions that we really haven't seen much of uh, Tony Romo talked about it a ton he couldn't stop talking about it but um they were they were kind of mixing things up here and uh really got the offense going in the first half um and it yeah it looked like the Bengals were going to lose this game and then it really kind of changed on special teams here it's something we forget to talk about on the show a lot but um the Bucks missed a field goal in the first half uh they had a really what I thought was a really dumb fake punt where they just did not need to do it in the second half up 17 to three uh Gio Bernard used to be a Bengal didn't seem ready for the fake punt they just kind of snapped it backwards and fumbled it off of him and um, Bengals only settled for field goal there, but uh, between the Bucks missed field goal, the Bengals field goal off that uh, turnover, um, the, the Bucks had a really poor kick return, uh, just a lot of stuff here that kind of swung it. The Bengals had a nice punt, and that kind of opened the floodgates for what happened here with Tom Brady, which was pretty miserable. So um, before I get into all that, uh, do you have any specific questions on this Bucks offense, Drew? Like whether it's the passing game or the running game, where do you want to start?
2: Well, let's start with the well. You mentioned the uh, the, uh, the the passing game and Tom Brady, some of the issues he was having. I, yeah. I'm looking over the box score, I, and uh, I I did see I caught some of this game in the second half, and I, I saw Russell Gage, and uh, I thought he was I thought we were done with Russell Gage, but apparently not. He got 12 targets in this game. So was he something? Was he kind of targeted throughout? Or was just was it a second half thing that uh, when they when they weren't moving the ball as well, they say just oh, let's just throw it to Russell Gage and see what happens. What was going on there?
0: Yeah. So Julio Jones was out in this game and I believe that kind of turned the tide here to get gauge more involved. The, this was a a, a game of both defenses, missing, missing a bunch of injured players. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the Bengals went into the game already without Mike Hilton. their really good slot corner and his backup was hurt. Uh, so I think that was a part of it too, was that, um, they obviously peppered, uh, Chris Godwin with targets. He had eight targets, but Russell gauge, 12 targets, eight catches, 59 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Yeah, as far as Gage goes, like, he was catching a bunch of short passes and just getting crushed by linebackers afterwards, and um, (laughs) he had a slant touchdown and garbage time for his second score, but his first one was on fourth down, like, in the red zone, so um, he was a trusted part of the offense. I mean, just 59 yards on 12 targets, so it was not, like, real explosive stuff, but uh, he was kind of doing a Chris Godwin impersonation. They were just throwing it over the middle a lot, so uh, I... I don't. It's hard to say with this offense because I the passing volume is gonna be there. I mean, forty four attempts from Brady is pretty normal, um, and we still got ten targets to Mike Evans here and eight to Chris Godwin. So it's not like, uh, you know, I think maybe some of those running back checkdowns went to to Gage in this one, and that's where it came from. So going forward, I don't know how sustainable it is. I wouldn't expect two touchdowns, but I wouldn't be all that surprised if he got six, seven, eight targets next week. I don't know. He seemed a legit part of the offense to me.
2: Yeah, and uh, we've had Mike Evans has been a disappointment, I guess, most from a fantasy perspective. Most this most of this week, I saw him. I, I caught a little bit of the first half. He slipped and fell, I think, on one uh, key third down opportunity, uh, which almost led to an interception. Uh, mm-hmm. He had, looks like he had five catches on for, uh, of his ten targets, for eighty three yards. Godwin caught all eight passes thrown his way, so it's just surprising to me to see Godwin third in the pecking order uh, in this offense when he's arguably the best you know best receiver that they have uh and i'm just that's that's a little puzzling to me i mean did they go away from godwin or were there runs where he was kind of featured on a drive and then we didn't see him much or was he kind of peppered throughout what was his usage like
0: Yeah, I should probably talk about Brady here, honestly, to answer it, because for as good as they looked in the first half, uh, they looked just as bad in the second half, if not worse, the Bucs, and there's actually a little bit of like foreshadowing in the first half. Brady almost threw a couple interceptions early on that the Bengals dropped, or uh, just kind of went off someone's hands, and they were cruising and and putting points up, but uh, did have a couple close calls. Um, They converted some really close like fourth down conversions on the touchdown drive, Um, so it looked really good in the first half, but it all fell apart in the second half. Um, it, it He was picked by Trey Flowers, thrown to Cam Brate. It seemed like every time they went to Cam Brate, something bad happened. I don't know why they're giving Cam Brate <laughs> targets, but it, it burned him a couple times. And Brady just looked really unsettled, like in a clean pocket on one play. Um, he, the Bengals did not have... Trey Hendrickson, their best pass rusher, and Sam Hubbard barely played in this game. So they're missing their two best defensive ends. And even with that, like Brady, who just looked uncomfortable, like we're talking about a lot of defensive tackles, getting pressure on him, not fast players. And he just can't, he can't move back there and make plays happen necessarily. So um, he had a fumble where DJ Reader popped the ball out after the pick to Trey Flowers. Uh, The ball slipped out of his hand on a, a handoff to Fournette for a fumble and a turnover, Uh, like just these slow pass rushers were able to get him as he tried to buy time. Um, he was picked when he stepped up in the pocket and got hit by Joseph the shy Osai and took a shot ball went up in the air. Like it was just a turnover fest in the second half for Brady. He throws two picks fumbles one. Uh, it was just every drive. And so it just, things just went so sideways that it wasn't so much like he was going to Evans or he was going to cage or he was going to Godwin. Like it just, it all fell apart in the second half. And it was, like I've been very hesitant to say that Tom Brady's cooked and he still looked good when things were going well and the pocket was clean and the offense was in rhythm but as soon as things broke down in the second half like he just you know even Burrow today we'll get to him like it was kind of a rough day a little bit for him but he's still able to make those plays when you need it and that's what's missing on Brady so yeah, when he's operating the offense and things are moving, it looks good, but man, it fell apart in the second half and they I mean, he just kind of handed the Bengals this win. I mean, 34 to 23 when you're yeah. up 17 nothing near the end of the second quarter. That's that's pretty brutal.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and were there issues running the football, too? So you sound you mentioned that the, the Bengals were kind of shutting uh, the run game down there, uh, or the Bengals were, their balconies were shutting the Bengals' round game down. Uh, yeah. Was the same thing happening on the other side of the football? Because I see Fournette and, and White, neither one of them cracked 50 yards, um, yeah. 21 carries between them, I guess, for a total of, what, 82 yards. So um, we I guess we kind of entered this game with the impression that Rashad White was kind of slowly taking over this backfield, but it looks more like a 50-50 split here. What, what were your observations about? the running utilization here and, and uh were they just not getting it done the second half and even, not unable to protect that lead for Brady or were there issues with the run game too
0: yeah I mean and even like that I mean just one thing I forgot to mention on Mike Evans like he had 71 yards receiving in the first quarter so mm. um, he ends up with 83 it's just kind of how the whole offense was like he was on track to a good game kind of Rashad White too Um, he took the early snaps uh, Fournette was not in until the second drive and White looked pretty good on the opening drive where they scored. I honestly didn't even take any notes on Rashad White, though. It's interesting. Like, he just kind of got what was blocked for him, 11 for 38 on the ground. Uh, It was really disappointing that his his passing game work went away. He only had two targets and one catch. But I don't know. He didn't really make any plays to stand out. He didn't make anyone miss. He wasn't breaking a ton of tackles. And, yeah, the running game was pretty unexciting. I mean, they were able to run some in the first half, and they were moving the ball. But, I mean – yeah, 10 carries for 44 for Fournette and 11 for 38 for White. So, I mean, they were they were running some, but nothing exciting and uh, not a lot of production in the passing game for either. Uh, Fournette didn't come in until the second drive, though, and then ends up out snapping White 43-29, to so I'm not exactly sure what their split is. It's not like Fournette was great. I mean, he, he was stuffed on a goal line carry. Um, he did have a nice catch on a third and three to the flat to keep things moving, but like, I, I don't know what their rotation necessarily is here. Neither of them looked all that impressive, but I, I think we know this is a, a, an offense where we want the pass catching out of these running backs. I'd say that stays what we want going forward. And if they're not going to get, you know, eight check downs, it's kind of, yeah. uh, they're a lot less exciting, but even routes run, Leonard Fournette had 25 to Rashad White's 15. So it was just kind of wild. I thought White had kind of earned more of a role here and it, it kind of flipped this week. So I don't, I don't know specifically what the change was. It just, uh, nothing happened that made them make this change, but it, it certainly started going to Fortnite.
2: Yeah. And looking over, too, that one thing that looks, that jumps out at me from this box score, the longest pass play of the day was a 24 yard pass to Mike Evans. There was nothing, nothing longer yeah. than 20, 25 yards or more. Uh, in the passing game, in the run game, nobody had a 10 yard run. Uh, everything mm-hmm. was, I think, Tompkins had a nine yard run uh, on his only carry. Uh, De- Devin Tompkins, uh, who, uh, who's a wide receiver, five, 155 pounds. So you got you got a sense of what that kind of play, what that was like, but on your, tr- your traditional, you know, run, run between the tackles, or at least around the end run, 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 rushes from the backfield, from the running backs, longest run of the day of those 21 carries was an eight yard scamper by Fournette. And uh, yeah. it just it sounds very unexciting. And I guess what it what it brings me to is questions about the offensive line. We know that there's been injuries there. Um, did you see the offensive line just get bullied in the second half by uh, by a Bengals team missing two, their two key pass rushers? I mean, what was the what was the interior like there? Uh, we, we mentioned before, Hubbard barely playing. Uh, what's uh, is is the offensive line just just not able to do anything at all
0: in the road game and the ground game as well? Man, I, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think I would put it more on Brady. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, the Bengals defensive tackles are good BJ Hill and DJ reader, but they're not exactly like pass rushing forces. So it was, yeah. it was almost like, um, you know, when you see a pass rush against like Hertz where they're trying to just contain them and mm-hmm. kind of stick to their lanes, like that's the kind of rush Brady was dealing with. I mean, there were a few hits he took for sure. And the Bengals dialed up some blitzes that kind of pressured him and um, it, it did have a little bit of an effect, but it was just some bad interceptions, a bad fumble. Like, I don't know, like I even noticed like he was yelling at Mike Evans to start the second half. And I put it in my notes because it was like, you're up 17 to three. Mike Evans had 71 yards receiving in the first half and he maybe there was one mix up and you're you're screaming at him behind the huddle. And it's just like it's weird signs to see that when a team is seemingly getting things back on track so Mm -hmm. no i honestly i'd put it more on brady than i would the offensive line there just wasn't uh there was some push from the Bengals line but it's not like you know von miller was tearing around the edge so it's just Uh i I, i'd put it on brady here and it's one of the first games where he looked a little bit washed like it's encouraging because it did seem like they figured out the offense in the first half but to see him melt down in the second half it was kind of like whoa this is not we we don't see brady turn it over like this
2: yeah, I mean, and that's just, it was uh, definitely a head scratcher because I, I noticed that they were winning seventeen to nothing and seventeen to three at the half, and like, oh. Brady's being Brady. Here we go. Just, you know, yeah. just in time for the playoffs. This is, they're going to go seven and seven and they're going to, we're going to win that sloppy division. And you just don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs. And it just kind of looks like that was kind of the path of this game. So it was definitely not as surprised as I was with the Colts Vikings game earlier yeah. this week, yeah. with the, with the, mo- the, the most ridiculous, uh, turnaround and the, and the history of the national football league, when you're up 33 to nothing at the half poor, Matt Ryan, uh, goes from being the, uh, the losing the. Was it was it twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl in the third quarter? Yeah, uh, the worst, the worst, the uh, biggest come from behind uh, in the history of the Super Bowl. Now he's got the regular season mark as well. So I kind of feel for Matt Ryan, but uh, but yeah, it's that was. There's a lot of that this week. There's a lot of just kind of for uh, you know Jekyll and Hyde performances. We talked about it with the Eagles Bears. The Eagles were were awful in the first half and much better in the second. Bears kind of flipping roles there. Sounds like the same thing happened here in Bengals Bucks. Just a, yeah. just a wild wild week fifteen.
0: Yeah, and I will give a shout out to the Bengals defense coordinator Lou Anarumo. Like, I mean, they're without Trey Hendrickson, Sam Howard, Mike Hilton, the backup slot corner, Cam Taylor Britt got hurt late. Like they, they do just enough to be confusing and to throw quarterbacks off and and to not just let them pick on the weak links. So mm-hmm. it, this is still a really good Bengals defense, even though they're starting to run out of players here. But um yeah. we'll see how they get healthy going forward. So um I don't know. You have any other questions on the Bucks offense yeah. or you want to get to the Bengals real quick. Well, let's get to those ten and four Bengals. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, I thought this was a trap game with five wins in a row coming into it. I'm like, surely they're going to win or they're going to lose one of these soon. And it didn't happen. So uh, another win, I will take it first place in the AFC North. So that's exciting. Um, I will note on the Buck side here, I said that Vita Vea was out. You could not tell. Uh, this run defense looked awesome. Um, Antoine Winfield was out early and I don't believe came back in. So they have some injuries as well. Uh, But their corners played really well and were really physical with Jamar Chase. And you saw some plays here that, like, you normally don't see. I mean, you know, Burrow and Chase failing to connect on a back shoulder throw, which they always hit on. Um, You know, Chase dropping uh, some fades down the sideline, but they're contested. Like, just they were making the Bengals work for this. Uh, Bengals only had eight plays in the first quarter. They barely had the ball in the first half. And they got a two-minute drive going for a field goal, and that did help. But – uh, unlock them a little bit but it was very bizarre because the entire second half um, the Bengals just got the ball in like basically the red zone like they just were starting drives like the 30 or the 20 and it almost like condensed the field like they didn't have room to go deep kind of and they, they struggled a lot but they still got it done when they needed to so I don't know definitely not uh, Burrow's best game or this offense's best game but they fought through it and scored touchdowns so um, from a fantasy perspective, though, Drew, uh, which specifically do you want to hit on here?
2: Well, as you mentioned, Chase uh, um, had a couple of drops or uh, mind, bug, mind bugging plays there. Um, yeah. T. Higgins, five catches, 33 yards on eight on uh, eight targets, did catch a Five yard touchdown uh, to mm-hmm. kind of salvage his fantasy day so what did he look like i think he burned a lot of us uh um not that i'm bitter or anything not you know <laughs> missing the playoffs and, and probably right. part draw, from drawing the nice goose egg from her from uh, the the delusion that t higgins would be playing last week but uh so it doesn't not not exactly a robust stat line for t higgins what did he look like what was what was what could we expect from him uh in the, in the coming weeks here
0: uh, yeah, he he knocked me out of my guillotine league uh, late in the season. So I, I, I have a little bit of uh, saltiness here as well. But, I mean, he ran the second most routes to Jamar Chase, um, really close to his usage, uh, second in targets. Uh, T. Higgins looked just fine. Um, he looked completely healthy. So I think we can kind of get that behind us and uh, he's going to be dependable going forward so yeah five catches 33 yards and a touchdown on eight targets not not great but he did uh, convert a two-point conversion as well so um i don't know like there was a third and 16 sideline target that got broken up that he maybe could have hung on to but it was in traffic and he didn't have much of a shot and he just kind of disappeared for some stretches i think it was because the bengals were having issues blocking the bucks um, they were getting some free rushers they were getting pressure on burrow burrow uh hurt his pinky at one point and was kind of debating whether to use a glove or not and he had blood all over his jersey so it was like definitely not the best offensive performance but uh, i was good to see the touchdown they kind of went in jumbo formation near the the end zone and play actioned it and you- burrow had all day and he hit higgins in the back and then his catch on the two-point conversion was like a, a grown man catch it was like you know hands catch like fighting yeah. through traffic like mm-hmm. it, it was t higgins so uh i we're always gonna see this from time to time if the offense isn't humming and chase is drawing the most targets but i would be encouraged if you have t higgins he never limped off the field or anything he, he looked healthy yeah.
2: So, and uh, the tight end, uh, we had uh, no no Hurst today. Uh, Mitchell yep. Wilcox with a, with a with a touchdown. So, is that something we can expect to see and uh, going forward? If 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 uh, Hayden Hurst isn't able to come back, we should are we going to see more of Wilcox? Is he going to be a, a somebody that we should be watching for or from a streaming perspective and weak matchups, or is he just somebody we can just kind of brush aside?
0: No, I would brush him aside. I mean, he did play just as many routes as Jamar Chase, and he ran thirty three routes. Uh, yeah, 33 routes was the same as Tyler Boyd. So like he was out there a ton. But uh Wilcox, only three targets, and his touchdown was the <laughs> Bengals were running out the clock. It was kind of like they got the game winning first down already, but just had to keep running. And they just did a play action and just burned the bucks for a touchdown. It was a real nail in the coffin. So it was I mean, it was the Bucs had to sell out to defend the run at that point. So that was his 19-yard touchdown. So, I mean, you know, if he's going to be playing all the snaps for a good offense, like deep leagues, there's there's something there. If you're in a dynasty league and you just kind of want to add some depth for the playoffs, like, you know, there are – he's at least playing and he, he could catch a touchdown on this offense. But I, I think that's about the extent of it. All
2: right. One final question about the uh, the Bengals here I've got for you. Uh, Mixon, uh, 11, 11 carries, 21 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, caught five of six in the passing game though for 33 uh yeah. p right p right only saw one target i was under the impression that p right was gonna be a bigger third down contributor doesn't look like yeah. that's the case here but uh mixon only uh, on 17 touches only had 54 yards uh it, did he look okay it was just a, just a function of just the the buccaneers just being that dominant
0: yeah he looked fine it was yeah. just that buccaneers run stopping unit i mean they were just there was nowhere for the bengals to run ever so uh he outsnapped snapped p ryan 42 to 25 that's Pretty typical. I mean, he he's never been quite like you know eighty percent of the snaps. So it was pretty pretty typical. Um, one of his few good runs, which was like a six yard run, which is hilarious, was called back on an illegal formation penalty. Like just got nothing going. Um, he did have a nice run and catch uh, to convert a first down late uh, yards after the catch, and he just always was fighting hard but not really going anywhere. So he, he salvaged the day on the receiving work. I would say. Um, and I did notice just in general, like as teams have played a lot of cover two against burrow uh he's really done a good job checking down to the running backs and they've been getting yards and it just did not work today i don't know the exact schematic stuff but anytime he checked down to to Samaje or or Mixon, it just there wasn't that uh explosiveness there wasn't some pass games so I, i think tampa bay just mainly just did a really good job on defense bottling up this run game bottling up the check downs and um yeah, I, they probably would have lost this game if uh, it wasn't a turnover fest in the second half. <laughs> so, otherwise, I mean, I'll just touch real quick on on Jamar. Like, he he still has a nice day on 13 targets, and um, he dropped a fade, probably a touchdown. Uh, I think it probably should have been pass interference. Um, he also dropped a fade where Carlton Davis had a hand, like, on his face mask pulling him, and it probably should have been a penalty. So, he left some stuff on the table, but like, it was just physical coverage. I mean, they broke up a red zone target for him. Like, but Jamar Chase is physical as well. Like he had a screen on third and long where he fought for yards and drew a face mask in the process. And like, he gets a check down on the red zone. and is just bouncing off a of tacklers. So he looked awesome. It was uh, just, a, it was an impressive performance by the bucks, but um, yeah, even Tyler Boyd, he got five catches, 35 yards and touchdown. Like they got all the, the, the receivers touchdowns. So I think, uh, what was an ugly first half for this offense, they at least made most fantasy managers happy because there was there's touchdown scoring going on here.
2: Yeah, four four uh four touchdowns to four different receivers. That's pretty impressive yeah. for Burrow. So yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, not Burrow's finest day, but, you know, he got the win. He got a little banged up in the process, but he should be fine. So uh, you'll have these days. I, I think it was probably a much bigger game for the Bucks than it was for the Bengals, and uh, they were still be able to come out with the win and put up 34 points. So, overall, um, I wouldn't change your opinion, opinion on this Bengals offense.
2: All right, great.
0: All right. Well, that will wrap it up. Um, we kind of lost Ryan at the end as internet connection went out just as he started asking questions about Darrington Evans. So, um, I think that was a sign from, uh, from the, the podcast gods that it was time to move on so um yeah. we, we will check back in with ryan next week hopefully his uh, internet's working better there but um otherwise uh thanks for joining me drew uh everyone out there thanks for joining us um check out the waiver wire podcast coming up this week as well uh, check out what we saw on the website and hope you all get a win in the first round of the playoffs